This is I Don't Care If You Listen podcast. My mom, Shawnee, my auntie, Veronica. I was just looking up all the stuff that I wanted to talk to you about today. There's so much stuff to talk to you about today. There is a bunch. A bunch. So welcome back to episode now 23. We have so much to cover. I don't care if you listen. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica, and we are happy that you're here because boy, oh boy, do we got some world stuff to go over and to figure out. From the time that you and I talked, you just think about all the big stuff that happened. So right after we talked was the was 45 speech. Oh, he, he just gave another one a few minutes ago. Because apparently he was going to the border to declare a national crisis. Is that what he just did? Because we are now headed for the longest shutdown this nation has ever seen. Yeah, I think I know what I'm going to do to um, protest. What are you No, gonna... seriously, I am going to go and claim 10 on my income, my W-2s. Why should I pay taxes and loan him money for this freaking wall when I can't get my food inspected? It's true. I'll make it up what I owe next year. He doesn't get your money to pay for that wall, huh? He's not getting my money for that wall. No. Like, that's the only thing that I think that I can personally do to send a message that's concrete. Because can you imagine if, like, even 10,000 people stop paying their income taxes? And we have that right. Is Is that what he announced? Did you find out? Is that what he announced today? According to Fox News, Trump could take billions from disaster areas to fund the wall. Like, really, you would take it from disaster areas? Under the proposal, Trump could dip into money set aside to fund civil works projects all over the country, including storm damage areas of Puerto Rico. This is according to NBC. Protesters bring signs and baby Trump balloon to President's border trip. Jeez. All right, well, it doesn't sound like he, he declared that national emergency. So that's, I guess... He spoke of a crisis in front of stacks of drugs and a bag of cash. Mm. So something that I mentioned to you when I spoke to you on the phone yesterday was that he had done this TV stunt. But right before he had done this stunt, he had sent out an email to all, you know, to all of his supporters asking for money for the border wall. You know, you need to donate this amount of money now. And this is um, something I saw on Twitter. A 30-second commercial during primetime averages $123,000, putting the cost of his address at over $600,000 per network. He used his presidential address to fundraise for his campaign. He conned ABC, NBC News, CBS, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC out of nearly $4 million of revenue. Mm-hmm. With that math. So that was kind of crazy. Is Centoya Brown... Congratulations, Centoya Brown. Woo woo! She was granted clemency. Never had to be incarcerated, though, sis. Yeah. Never incarcerated. Yeah, but I'm glad she was granted clemency Mm -hmm. by the outgoing governor. So that was good. That was news that we were excited to announce. Oh, what is that? That was the other thing we got to cover. R. Kelly. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched every episode. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Can I, t- I remember when it was all going down, I remember all that. Okay, so I watched all of it, really just because I'm. it's very Scientological to me, and I'm very interested in the whole Scientology thing and how they get people, how they con people out of all this money. I'm, I'm very intrigued by all of that. So it was very Scientological to me, the whole cult thing. 
but a girl I used to work with, Bonnie Ott in Chicago, and we, we worked at Kiss FM together, and she told me that when she was in high school, her and her friend were at the mall, and somebody walked up and was like, Mr. Kelly wants you, you know, wants your, wants you to meet with him or whatever, whatever. Like, I remember hearing about this years and years and years ago, and this has been the buzz forever. And the the way that the Lifetime, or not Lifetime, what was it? A, a, was it Lifetime? Lifetime, yeah. The way that Lifetime um, <clears throat> presented it, and I thought it was really well done, was not only about R. Kelly's behavior and how messed up it is, but how the community... The black community enabled him and enabled this behavior and totally made it okay for this to happen to these young girls. The special really, really focused on how he had people fooled right in front of their faces. He wasn't even hiding it. Remember when he came out with all those, you know, videos where he was basically telling you what he had done. But Shelly, who was it? This is the 90s, right? What artists didn't do that? Keith Sweat came out with, you may be young, but you're ready to learn. You're not a little girl, you're a woman. That preceded R. Kelly. I mean, okay, but I mean, these accusations were happening. Like People were like blind to it. They didn't find him guilty once they did get him in there. I mean, at least they got him to court, but once they got him to court, like it seemed like he had paid off so many people. It seemed like he had really paid off jurors. Like, the Lifetime special really made it seem like he paid off jurors. Wait, you're not, wait, wait, wait. You're not, like, a, an R. Kelly, uh, like, supporter, are you? No, I'm like this. I'm going to listen to anything that I like. Uh-oh. Regardless of what people do. So you won't boycott it no matter what he does? No, I'm watching the Cosby show reruns. I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching other people's stuff. I'm listening to BBD talk about backstage, underage adolescents. How you doing? Hi. She replied, I oh, like to do the wild thing. Come on. It's, it's right there in the lyrics. I'm not, I didn't boycott Tupac. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I think that there's something pretty big and different here. The whole mute R. Kelly thing and how they were kind of received and if, if the same thing would have happened, if the same things that they showed in this special would have happened to young white girls, there's no way that radio stations would have been playing the artist. Hands down. Jay-Z. What about him? You don't think he was out there doing those same things? I'm not, I'm not talking about any other artist because there's not a special about the artist, right? There's not this big special about victims what? speaking out against him. Okay, but why aren't they speaking out about the rest of them? They they have like just like I heard about R. Kelly. I've heard about Jay Z. Yeah, but I don't. I think this I is different. Read about people, people have books outing him and his nastiness and how he had them doing oral sex to them in the cars and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure, but I think because this special drew light to how much. People were kind of looking past it when it was in their faces. Like the people who supported him, right? Like the people who were in his mansions hiding the girls or whatever, or, you know. Shalini, it's a culture. I'm sorry. Jay-Z's crew was hide, doing the same thing and hiding it. I mean, they have videos of them having orgies and stuff. Girls just running around. They couldn't have been at all of age. 
And even if they were, so what? Why do you have to treat them that way? You know what I mean? They were doing it. It's it's all of them. It was a culture. Tupac, Jodeci, all of them. Come on, Cheryl. Yeah. You know we would out there. I would have been. I would have been trying to get picked too, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. But I also think that there's something a little different about this one. And I I don't think it's any different. I think people are just not realizing maybe that it happened. And maybe they'll start talking about more entertainers. I mean, yeah, that's what PR do. They cover it up. So somebody did a good job. I think it was deeper, but maybe it's because I watched all every episode. Maybe that's because I feel a little bit more, you know, educated about the the particular this particular case because I was just watching that special. But I don't. I'm not questioning whether or not other artists did it or didn't do it. Like I'm sure there was a lady on there who even said like Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, married his younger cousin. Elvis was notorious for the young girls. The rock and roll music scene generally, like you said, BBD, all of them looking for the young girl factor. Something about the way all this stuff went down, the hostage type of situations, the can't call, the trapping people in rooms. Yeah, that stuff is crazy. See, I don't know too much about that. The girls... But when it comes to the music... Yeah. Like, oh, that stuff is recent. That's He just started doing that. What? Yeah, because... No, no, no. His wife... No. his. They said this has been going on from the beginning. His wife was talking about it. If I hadn't watched all of those girls say what they said and heard this shit that my friend used to tell me how she knew homeboy was really going to the high schools to literally, you know, look for girls. Here's my thing. That's happening right here in Grand Rapids. Sure. It's happening in Florida where you're at. Absolutely. Those same things are going on, but people are being outraged because he has celebrity status. But I see girls all the time who are getting molested and raped and exploited yeah all kinds of men some of them related and there is a culture of hiding that yeah there's a culture of not talking about it in families right there's a culture of not talking about it in the churches in the community yeah that's why they're having that huge scandal in the catholic churches and it's the same thing it's why isn't that a bigger deal it is it's the same thing as, as that to me yeah yeah but so I don't see people boycotting the Catholic Church. I'm not saying that they shouldn't boycott the Catholic Church. Anybody who is aware of it and knows about it should boycott the Catholic Church. Everybody is aware and knows. But what I'm saying is, is for radio stations, for all those years, to have these accusations out there, to know these things are out there. Because, Shalini, that type of behavior is the norm. There's another guy that, Jeffrey Epstein, have you heard of this guy? In 11 years since he cut out, oh yeah, he's the, Alexander Acosta is the one who cut an outrageous plea deal for the billionaire sex trafficker by the name of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, And this guy used to do the same thing, you know, but he was a billionaire. He was able to pay off the right people, do the right thing. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen everywhere. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's never okay. And when you know somebody's doing it, you need to give them the big middle finger as big as you can. And you should not give them money and put money in their pockets if you know about it. The same way I won't buy New Balance shoes, same way I try not to go to Home Depot, same way I try not to eat a chi- I don't eat a Chick-fil-A because I don't want to give money to people that I know are out in my face doing bad shit. Like R. Kelly was literally in people's faces doing bad shit, which like you said, Jay-Z and everybody else was too, but... There was so much, so much, so much talk about it, especially with the lawsuits and everything, that it was just kind of like... 
Everybody knew she was 15 when they got married. I remember I was in high school when that happened. Yeah, but what about it? That's what they're saying in the story. Like, why was that not a big deal? Why were people okay with it? Why is it okay with any of them? Right. So I just think that this issue is way bigger than R. Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Way bigger than Kavanaugh. Yeah. Way bigger than Bill Cosby. It's about a culture that has been alive and well for generations Generations. generations and generations. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. With this series, it probably sensationalized it. It probably triggered a lot of things for a lot of people. I think that's for sure. But I, I do think that it brought to light what a lot of people... I think that a lot of people who listen to his music never knew all the details. I think that a lot of people did because it was going on while we were listening. But I, I think that a lot of people, like that. when you play somebody on the radio... When you just play, I mean, just think you're an average person. You're not, you're not, you know, doing research into the person's backstory. You're just listening to, you know, regular songs on the radio. It's a hit. This is a hit. That's a hit. You're not going to know about the backstory. You're not going to know what he's doing behind the scenes. You're not following up on that. You're just listening to the music. Most people didn't know. But come on, his music. If you listen to his music, like, it's right there. But the reason that they did this special on Lifetime, nonetheless, which has a demographic of mainly white women, I would assume, the reason they did this special on that network has got to be because those people really didn't know. This was going to be compelling to those people because those people had no idea. That's why they did this special. They knew what they were doing. They weren't going to invest this time and energy and money in production if they didn't think it was going to be something, you know, like you said, sensational for the the viewers. And I think a lot of it was because people didn't know. People, I think, are having this reality of like, I had heard about that, but I didn't realize it was that serious. I remember hearing about R. Kelly peeing, blah, 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 and little girls and blah, 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 but I I didn't know it was that serious. Well, no, I think it's because everybody loved R. Kelly. R. Kelly is one of the most talented. I never loved him. Musicians everywhere. I, girl, I loved R. Kelly. Every, yeah. almost every CDs up until the last couple, he started getting. Once he went to trial, I never loved him. Something about him always seemed dirty to me. He seemed very dirty. That's what his fans loved about him. Yeah, and to me, he I just that's why I never got into him like that. He said things that spoke to to certain people, yeah. and, and his his fan base got it. But his fan base also knows that okay, that that cultural hip hop has always treated women like bitches and hoes. Right. You know what I mean? That has always been that thing. So this is just a ballad singer right. doing the same thing that all these gangster rappers has been, has been doing. You know what I mean? This is a nice version of Bitches and Hoes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Bitches and tricks and hoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, hoes and tricks. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. But I, I definitely think that there's a lot of people who just heard the I Believe I Can Flies, the Ignitions, mainstream top 40 songs not like cut four and five and six on the album and that was r kelly to them and that was like inspirational come to jesus singing so that should be an awareness to everybody that you need to be careful about everybody because the bottom line is the main people who are having sex and exploiting these young girls and young boys are people that they know. Yeah. People that you wouldn't think about. That's why the Catholic Church is having the problems because we don't think of a priest as somebody who's going to molest our children. Yeah. We just don't tend to give them that type of identity. Right. 
So when it happens, it, it's kind of scary. But I'm sorry, there's so many uncles and brothers and cousins and nephews and, and neighbors who are doing these same things to to women. Left and right. I'm telling you, it totally drew my attention to this Jeff Epstein case. American financier, science and research philanthropist, registered sex offender. He began his career at the investment bank Bear Stearns before forming his own firm. He was convicted of soliciting underage girl for prostitution for which he served only 13 months in custody with work release. He lives in the U.S. in the Virgin Islands. But apparently he paid so many people off. It was like hundreds and hundreds of girls, which made me think about all these kids that go missing. It's probably all these old rich men just paying off people and taking people's babies. That's what happened to Sintonia. Speaking of Sintoya, yeah, you're right. It's the exact same situation. She was captured by a guy as as a in a sex trafficking situation. Basically, the only time she could find to defend herself was when he was asleep, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, she was sentenced to 54 years or something like that and in she jail. Did what? 20? Yeah, she did 20. Yeah, she did a good solid chunk of time. Like she's still coming that seven had served quite a chunk of time for self defense. A couple of months yeah. to be released. Yeah. But yeah, so who knows what these people are out here paying for between the Catholic Church? Well, who are they paying off to shut up? All the entertainers, whoever else, who are they paying to shut up? You got all these State University. Yeah, Michigan State University. Paying people off for sex crimes. It's it's more of a norm. And that's why talking about sex is taboo, because people can cover it up and control people and do whatever they want. That's a good point. I don't care if you listen, episode 23. Start talking about sex, people. We need to have serious conversations about sex and respect and ownership, because you can't own people in relationships. No. They're not property for you to lock up. No. I guess we just don't talk about the obvious things enough. The horror and the tragedy of what happens to these young girls, whoever might be taking advantage of them, is they're getting something out of it. They're getting something initially until it turns into straight control, brainwashing, whatever tool the predator uses. But, but for them to even fall prey to that type of predator, they've already experienced some type of trauma to get them in that position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's already, those girls are at critical periods of their development. Can you remember what your self-esteem was like when you were, you know? Yeah. And they talked about that in this special too. They talked about that was a lot of preying on girls who R. Kelly or his people felt like their families really didn't care enough for them that they wouldn't chase them down. Like if they went missing for X amount of time and just said, hey, I'm, I'm living with R. Kelly, the parents and family would be like, yeah, whatever. That's who they were drawn to. That's who he was drawn to. Um, Because there are so many people out there who are like that, who are just lost. Maybe they were in the foster care system and they ran away. You know what I mean? They're trying to escape homeless, and that's like a come-up. Right. You know, at least, you know, I'd rather sleep with R. Kelly than, you know, that sugar daddy around the way that owns all that property. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's it's twisted, it's sick, it's definitely not just R. Kelly. I know that it's a much bigger statement on how women in general are treated day-to-day around the world. It's it's definitely a much bigger statement. Not just women are treated, but women are treated sexually, like as sexual pieces for so right. many men and, and sick, mm-hmm. twisted men. Damn, girl, that shit was nuts, though. 
Like you think you would think right here at this part of the podcast that I would want to play some R. Kelly music, right? I'm not sure I got it in me. Girl. You should play the Dave Girl. Chappelle parody version. Chris said I should play the Dave Chappelle version. Oh God. <laughs> yes, husband, that's exactly what I'll do. Thanks for the tip. Like, have you heard it? Have you seen it? I, no. Girl. But I know Dave Chappelle, so. Mm-mm. But, but Shelly, it's so many. I wonder about Nas and how was Lil' Kim when she got in the industry? I don't know. I'm sure they all did dirty stuff, or some of them. But I go back to the hope that some people had a little bit of my mama would whoop my ass in their brain and didn't do shit like that. I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. and Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, Kennedy and whatchamacallit, girl, that stuff's been going on forever. I know, and it's been going on generation after generation after generation. Still does not make a right. Now is no. the time, and there's a lot of people, even you and I said in our previous podcast, it might be time. Time might be up. Look at this. <laughs> myself to playing that whole thing is because there was a 12 year old girl who drank R. Kelly's urine and a video was sold all over the world for people to watch so the reason I won't really keep making light of it is that little girl and bless your soul little lady I'm really sorry that happened to you and the trauma that you suffered from that so I will not be one person that contributes to that hype of that even being a little bit funny because that shit is not funny at all, even a little. So, but it's it's accepted. You it's, know what I mean? Just the fact that he made the, the parody. Yeah, it's it's a joke. It, it's funny. It's- and the fact that people still were defending him when people would protest, they would be right there defending him, being like, "It's just his music. I just love his music. His music. His music. His music." And they, you know, there were parents, and there were parents of that little girl and family, you know, trying to say, "No, no, no, careful. He's hurting little girls." And people are like, "No, his music. That's my dog." I just feel like if we go after everybody who's done some stuff like that, there are not going to be any men left. At this point, I think that maybe that's what it's come to. For women to finally, or to at least work our way to getting equal playing field, we're going to have to start undressing it and making men uncomfortable. It's going to have to start happening a lot more often. That's right. We're not bitches and hoes. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Leonica. Representative Steve King of Iowa questioned why terms like white nationalist and white supremacist are offensive. 
he's a state representative. He's an elected official of Iowa who is asking a dumb question like, why is white nationalists and white supremacists defensive? A a diverse state. So he probably really doesn't know and he doesn't have anybody he can ask. Well, he shouldn't have been elected to, to state government. And a lot of people shouldn't be. That definitely should not be coming out of somebody who is supposed to represent everybody in the state's mouth. Yeah. You know, that should not be coming out of his mouth. Snoop Dogg, my dog, went off on your president, which I always like hearing him talk about it because he'll say what's up and he usually says what I'm thinking. I just want to say this real quick, not on the political shit. All you people for the federal government that got getting, not getting paid right now, ain't no fucking way in the world y'all can vote for Donald Trump when he come back up again. If it is, if y'all do vote for him, y'all some stupid motherfuckers. I'm saying that to y'all early. All you federal government people that's not being paid, that's being treated fucking unfairly right now, not being paid, that's so terrible, and this punk motherfucker don't care. So I'm saying that to say this. When the shit get back on and y'all get your jobs back and it's time to vote, don't vote for that nigga. Please don't. Look what he do. He just don't give a fuck. Y'all, honest, blue-collar, hard-working people and suffering. So if he don't care about y'all, he really don't give a fuck about us. So fuck him, too. And fuck everybody down with Donald Trump. I said he yeah, Snoop Dogg, nigga. Fuck him. You gonna shut the government down. Nigga, you's a piece of shit. Fuck you. And that's kind of how I feel about it. (laughs) And that's why right here, regardless of whatever, he's using his power for good today, today, today. I'm going to look at his actions today. I'm going to play a little Snoop. I'm down with that. Always. Because I'm always down to hear some Snoop. Always. the depths of the sea back to the block snoop doggy dog pokey is the fuck the doc went solo on that ass but it's still the same long beach is the spot where i serve my cane follow me follow me follow me follow me but you bet not slip because nine tris ain't the years there for me to cliss out my grip so i ain't holding nothing back and once again i got five on the twenties it's like that and as a matter of fact because i never hesitate to put a food on his back yeah so keep out the manuscript you see that it's a must we drop gangsta hold up what's my name i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen i don't care if you listen a podcast with shalini and Leonica. Cohen agrees to publicly testify to Congress about his work for Trump. Yeah, can't wait to hear that crap. That'll be crazy. I gotta tell you something. I don't care if you listen. Episode 23, Chris Wallace, Leonica. What did you call him? Cute little Chris Wallace on Fox News. Did you say he was a cute little... What did you say he was a cute little snail or something? Spineless. Jellyfish. A lot of people do wonder, like, why is he on Fox News? He seems like an intelligent man, and he and he does. And I gotta give it up to him because when he had Sarah Sanders at his desk, he kinda 
push back for a for a Fox News guy. Oh. He does. He pushes back. He's so funny. He confronts people, but the way he does it is so funny because he's he shakes and trembles a little bit. <laughs> he even backs up a little in his seat, like uh, I'm gonna say this because I have to. Any logical person or any true journalist or anybody who calls himself real on Fox News is kind of questionable. Lying. Something's up. It just doesn't seem like you would want to lie to Americans as a journalist. But this is the Young Turks, how they presented Chris Wallace fact-checking Sarah Sanders, which was pretty sweet to watch. He's a host on Fox News. And time to time, actually more often than not as of late... He challenges people that you would not expect anyone on Fox News to challenge. Recently, during an interview uh, with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, he proves that point. Take a look. Uh, the president talks about terrorists potentially coming across the border. And here is Secretary of Homeland Security Nielsen. Take a look. CBP has stopped over 3,000 what we call special interest aliens trying to come into the country on the southern border. Those are aliens who the intel community has identified are of concern. But special interest aliens are just people who come from countries that have ever produced a terrorist. They're not terrorists themselves. And the State Department says that there is, quote, their words, no credible evidence of any terrorist coming across the border from Mexico. We know that roughly nearly 4,000 known or suspected terrorists come into our country illegally. And we know that our most vulnerable point of entry wait, is wait, at wait, our wait, southern wait, border. I know this statistic. I didn't know yeah. if you were going to use it, but I studied up on this. Do you know where those 4,000 people come or where they're captured? Airports. Not always. But uh, certainly, airports. Certainly a the State large Department number. says there hasn't been any terrorists certainly that they found coming across it's the by border air, It's by land, and it's by sea. It's all of the above. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, but special interest aliens is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, we found some of them. <laughs> it's a special interest aliens. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, he pushed back a little bit, which was nice to see Chris Wallace push back. Because they're talking about 4,000 terrorists and really at the border, I think the number was something like six. And that's what this wall is trying to protect us against, the six or so people trying to come over the border illegally from the bottom, the southern border, not the Canadian border. That's just just a big old party. Come on down. But he has so much more confidence in his interview with Sarah than he did with his interview with Trump. That's really funny. I think Trump's a bully and he he's such a bully that even people in Fox News, I think more and more women are being less bullyable by him. But mm-hmm. for the most part, he's such a big bully that probably anybody that has to encounter him face to face is scared by him. 45 is the type of dude that's like off with his head. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it was. They were at the White House. There was no desk between them. They were sitting in, like, chairs kind of across from each other. Yeah. And, you know, 45 just goes on and on and on, and he interrupts, and he comes out with all these fake facts, and Chris Wallace kept fact-checking them, and that would just provoke Trump more, and he got louder and louder, and he looked like he wanted to turn around and run. I just really remember you mean. calling him a cute little something or the other. That was funny. Take the spineless jellyfish. <laughs> so cute. But I do believe that he, he wants the truth and he wants to report the truth. I have no idea why he works for that network. Maybe he feels like his, he's the last realm of 
quality anything in that whole network. So that's why he stays there. Who knows? I mean, he's, you know, revered enough. So, yeah, Chris Wallace uh, may not be pushing hard enough because, you know, you see the way Trump shakes hands. He's just a bully dude. He's just a bully type of dude. So he, he there was a chance that he was going to announce a state of emergency with the shutdown. And, and apparently we saw that he traveled to the border today and you said something about, I don't know what he did there. He gave a speech. I'm not sure he said anything profound or useful. I don't ever count on that. No, it doesn't look like it. So something I did want to toss in that girl shit category. Girl talk shit. Was it you? Somebody, you posted something to the effect of, about sideburns, right? Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> Facial hair on women. Yes. And what did you say? You you posted something. I, I ran across it briefly. I, I was secretly wondering how many women shave their upper lip and sideburns. I just saw that. And I saw that after I had seen something called January. January. Uh, this is from the Today Show, encourages women to grow their body hair for a month. Some women are au naturel throughout the month of January. Here's why. Men have Movember, where they grow out their facial hair and raise money and awareness for men's health issues. And now ladies have January, the reason to skip shaving and grow their body hair with pride. I um, used to wax and do all kinds of stuff to remove the hair off my face. And every time I would do it, I would break out so severely. That I just stopped. I just stopped messing with the hair on my face. I still get my eyebrows threaded just to shape them. But I don't really do a lot of facial hair removal. I do shave my legs and my armpits because I live in Florida. And I feel like sleeveless shirts. And But what is this thing we do to ourselves with shaving the hair off of our bodies? Why do we do that? Why, why are we trained to do that? Why Is it the same thing as why women can't go topless? Is that why yeah. we shave our body hair? Yeah. It's a man thing. Men said that they don't think women with body hair are attractive. It reminds them of other men. And but is, Does that mean they like prepubescent women? So then all men prefer prepubescent women? So every man is an R. Kelly? Oh, I don't know. It's so twisted. Is that what that means? I don't know. It's just a man's world. So don't ask me. I can't tell you. <laughs> Men, we want to know. I was like in kindergarten when somebody said, oh my, I, yeah, kindergarten. I had my arms out on a table and some kid was like, oh my gosh, your arms look like a gorilla. And so uh -huh. I went home and I had my dad's shaving cream on my arms and I was ready to shave my arms. And I think my dad busted in right as I was about to start shaving with his stuff. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. You know, your arms are beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. Don't do that. And ever since then, I never really bothered with arm hair. Uh -huh. I know most Indian women, at least I know, shave or wax their arm hair. I see it posted in some um, salons and spas that I go to. And I always wonder about it. Like, I might wax my eyebrows. I'm afraid to get them threaded. Waxing is more rough on my skin. I always break out when I do waxing. Threading, I never break out. That's the only reason I do thread the eyebrows is because waxing or even like Nair or any of those hair removal things, I break out so bad. Threading is the only thing I've found that doesn't make me break out on my eyebrows. If I thread my upper lip or my sideburns, for sure I break out. 
So I don't even bother. Because I'd rather have hair than zits. Right. You got that right. <laughs> Those are no fun, and they leave scars. So I'll just be a hairy, clear-skinned lady. <laughs> crazy though like i know people who shave pretty much their whole bodies arms legs from the outside looking in isn't that just a crazy thing to do i think so but we're so indoctrinated as women as we grow up like okay you're so x amount of years old you could shave your legs now it's time it's done i remember my mom made me made me ask my dad yeah. She didn't want me to shave my legs. I was 12 years old, and oh my God, everybody talked about how I had hairy legs like a man or a gorilla or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Mom, let me shave my legs. She was like, no, you're too young. You're too young. Well, ask your daddy. And he was like, mm, I don't care that your legs. <laughs> <laughs> right? You decide. You want to cut but your legs up? Go for it. It became a hassle because it's like my hair grows fast and it's thick. And so that means I pretty much need to shave in the morning, shave at night, shave in the morning, shave at night to stay smooth. Uh, Nobody's got time for all that. Right, right. So I went on a boycott. I remember I, I quit shaving. I didn't shave my underarms. Oh, my God. It was a mess. Now, I don't mind going without shaving my legs. I have to shave my underarms. So I just don't like the way my hair, my it feels to close my arms and have hair under there. It's annoying. Yeah. I don't have the guts to really not shave my underarms. I just wouldn't want people, like, I don't know. And I feel like it would add to the odor. Like, it would hold, like, sweat. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I do think it's crazy how obsessed we are with hair removal. I do think that's a little crazy. I've always thought that was crazy. From a very young age, I thought that was a little crazy. Yeah, me too. That's that girl because shit. If, if we weren't supposed to have it, why would it grow? Right! <laughs> and keeps growing. I mean, even when you die, it grows. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, but women do a lot of things like plucking eyebrows. Ugh. Ah, that's so painful. It is. Plucking eyebrows, waxing is painful, walking in high heels is painful. Um, so now the new craze. Bras is... are not exactly comfortable all the time at all. No, you got to get the right ones. Yeah. 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 None of them are comfortable all the time. So. Right, right. But these eyelashes, people are crazy with eyelashes. Have you seen microblading where they're cutting the lines in their eyebrows? Oh, they're doing that again? Yeah, like, so I've heard of permanent tattoos on the eyes, permanent tattoos on the lip liners, and then now people, like, they cut little blades to make it look like hair, and then they put color in it, and it makes it look like little hair. It's like tattoos on their eyebrows. It's called microblading. Girl, people crazy. It is not that serious. Mm -mm. The obsession with appearance is another thing that is age old. If you are not beautiful, you better be rich is something that has been a thing for thousands of years. Because of sex. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of psychologists and psychoanalysts and all those people who will tell you everything is driven by sex. Everything we do. Yeah, because we're animals. Yeah. It's an impulse. Right. But we try to pretend that we're not, and that's why we don't talk about it, and that's why horrible things are going on. You know, men have instincts or or something that causes them to 
behave in ways like R. Kelly and Jerry Lewis and Teddy Pendergrass. And And some men grow and mature and develop past that. I don't think so. I think, I mean, I I don't think that every man in the world is constantly finding themselves attracted to young women. And if they are, they sure, I hope, I don't know. Well, it's not just the attraction to young women. It's just the objectification Uh, of women in general of any age but it's you gotta get uncomfortable to grow and mm-hmm. you gotta have people challenge you about what you may think is reality because your reality may be completely different from another person's reality at the same time and that doesn't mean that one reality is right and one is wrong but it's two different two different realities yeah it's true I don't know. Sometimes I think, you know, when I first met Chris, my mom had really wanted me to do the Indian dating sites. Oh, yeah, I remember. And I was had been single long enough. I was like, ah, I'll try it, whatever. So I went on a, on a lot of those Indian dating sites. Not a lot of them, but I went on a lot of dates from the Indian, you know, dating site. And my mom would always tell me, don't talk politics, do not talk religion, just don't talk about those things. And I used to be like... Well, if I can't talk about that stuff, and that's the stuff that I'm, like, passionate about and I think about, then I should at least be able to talk about that to my potential spouse. Chris and I were really just friends at the time, and I used to go on these dates with these guys that I'd met through this dating site, and then I'd come back and tell him about it. And I had seen Barack Obama speak in Chicago at Harold Washington College, and I was sold on him the second there was even the iota of, you know, glimmer of him running for president. I remember saying to Chris, like, this is the dude. And Chris was very, I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon because everyone's on the bandwagon. I got to do my own research. I'm not just jumping on. And I was kind of like, oh, shit. You know, am I going to have this issue with you? Because we were starting to get to be a little more than friends and feel a little bit more for each other. But I was relieved that as a white man who was raised in a very Republican, conservative, Confederate flag type of area, that his mindset was all about equality. And that's what drew him to Obama was the equality. And it was really like, you know, trying to bring all sides together that was really attractive to Chris. And I see that in him now as he does kind of want to bring everybody together. But I think there's certain things as a white male that he'll just never get and he won't have any reason to get. But I hope for the most part, he's been empathetic to whatever stresses I've felt, especially since this presidency. I've gone the wave of emotions of like, is this dude going to put me in an internment camp? Girl, I'm just waiting because I'm thinking, okay, what do I know about what's going on with Israel and Palestine? And they're deporting the Palestinians. Because you said something about a boycott. Yeah, explain that whole thing. Apparently, one of the first bills that they voted on was to make it illegal to boycott Israel. And I'm like, why would they, you know, make it illegal to boycott any country? I just, you know, I I don't understand that. I know I've heard people talk about, they almost call it a genocide that's going on. And the refugees that they allowed in just are being mistreated, kind of like the refugees 
that are trying to get in. And so I'm wondering if he's like, okay, I see what they're doing. Let's make it illegal to boycott that so we could do that here. Okay. Democrats block Senate bill on Israel boycotts. The Washington Post okay. on January 8th. Senate Republicans' first bill of the new Congress was intended to insert the legislative branch into President Trump's Middle East policy but also to drive a wedge between the centralist and liberal Democrats over attitudes towards Israel. Wow. The bipartisan package backed by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had initially drawn widespread support ahead of Tuesday's vote. It includes measures supporting Israel and Jordan and slapping sanctions on Syrians involved in war crimes at a time of growing unease in Congress over Trump's administration shifts in the region. But Democrats are split over the addition of Republican Marco Rubio's Combating BDS Act, which seeks to counter global boycott, divest, and sanction movements against Israel over its treatment of Palestinians and the settlements. So they're putting Palestinians in settlements or in internment camps. Similar to the ones that the U.S. put the Japanese, yeah, and that they had during the Holocaust. Like that's been honestly on my mind since the day this dude got into office. The second that I knew he was a possibility, all I kept thinking is people are putting him into a position to make America white again, and he is going to try and clean us all out. Per se, mm-hmm. some like, people different. recognize it and understand that fear, and other people are like, oh. Lame, or you don't understand. He's really just speaks his mind. He's such a he speaks his mind. And I'm sure he would say, Yeah, let's cancel their citizenships and send them back to Africa. Right. That sounds like something he's definitely said in a conversation. Oh, yeah, for sure. In one of his speeches this week, he said, The terrorists coming in illegally are trying to take our jobs, and it's going to be the most devastating on our African American and Latino communities. He wants you on his team. Girl. Join me. I'm fighting for you. Yeah. I could not believe that. I was so heated. But I want you to hear this The Morning Minute. Cracked me up. They played it yesterday on the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Okay. It's the day, the day the orange clown supposedly addressed the government shutdown. Uh, not the shutdown, but he will address the nation oh, tonight. Oh, but we already know it's just going to be one big-ass, line-ass infomercial about border security in his world. Exactly. His dastardly dumb-dumb is really bird-boxing America, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, the amount of feces this food dumps on our country on the daily is staggering. How long has this antiquated jukebox been in office? <laughs> jukebox. He's antiquated. Antiquated. Jukebox. Antiquated. Yeah, I like that word. I'm, I'm trying to implement new words for the new year. I see. <laughs> that. And I use that quite often. I need to get a new one, Sybil. <laughs> How long has he been in office now, Sybil? Uh, coming up on two years, huh? One year, 11 months. Coming up. We've been surviving Donald Trump for too damn long. It's a documentary. That's neat. How can you get it wrong every damn day you're on the job? You're saying dumb shiggity. You're doing dumb shiggity. You're tweeting about the dumb shiggity said and did on the job. He's a national disaster, Sybil. Right. And don't get me started on Sarah Sanders. She don't know what the Huckabee she be talking about. What, what the Huckabee she be, what the Huckabee she be talking about. That's one lying-ass woman. Maury D. 
with children? Yep. <laughs> I hope the hell she's not the one that read the bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> you know she you know she still she'll alter a nursery rhyme quick. Jack and Jill went up the hill to make America great again. <laughs> and then Jack and Jill ran into Trump black friend Kanye. <laughs> You got to listen to the comedians, man. If it weren't for them, I, I don't think I could make it. I don't care if you listen. Episode 23.